Shifting focus to victory, the Springboks' relentless determination has led them to a historic fourth championship, overcoming tough odds and formidable foes on their path to glory. In an edge of the seed final, they clinched a 12-11 victory against arch rivals in New Zealand. South Africa's tenacity in the three nail-biting knockout stage matches delivered them from once uh, delivered them once again to the Webb Ellis Cup. Now, amid economic challenges, their unwavering spirit on the field prevailed, proving the indomitable strength of the Springboks. Joining us to unpack South Africa's record-breaking Rugby World Cup victory is Sunday Times rugby columnist Mark Hewen. Mark, always a pleasure and a good afternoon to you. Hi, man. It's great to be talking. Again, we got the one point more. Yeah. <laughs> the one that really... So, uh, yeah, to win it three weekends in a row, one point, one point, one point, you could say that we certainly made a point Absolutely. at this World Cup. Mark, we have to speak about the road to, uh, you know, this victory for the Springboks. We played uh, five of the six best rugby teams in the world over this. Has this happened in history? I mean, we couldn't play six because we would have to play ourselves, literally. Well, you could say that we did play six because every week at training we were playing the, the one and two packs in the world were playing each other. So uh, if you look at the squad depth, no, it's... Uh, the, the closest in terms of toughness would have been the 2015 New Zealand team that also went back to back. They played Argentina in the group and then played France, uh, played South Africa and played a, a good Australian side back then. But nothing as intense, nothing as difficult as this uh, makes it the greatest World Cup victory and possibly puts this, well, definitely the greatest South African uh, World Cup team and puts them right up there with Richie McCaw's back-to-back -back New Zealand team. I think in World Cup history, uh, those two those two teams, I'd love to see a game between those two teams. That would be something spectacular. <laughs> but just an incredible achievement from the Springboks. And again, the way they won it. You know, I was uh, in, in France in 2007, and John Smith's side was a side that wanted to speak to the whole of South Africa. And back then, they didn't because of kind of selections and transformation not quite being where it was. But this team, since uh, Rassi Rasmus took over in 2018 and appointed Sia Khaleesi, they speak to this whole country and they speak to them because of who they represent yeah. and the representative nature of that side. And you look at those uh, 33 Springboks that were there, the two that came back that were injured, um, a Pimpy and Marks, and they just represent this nation and they represent everything that is that is powerful about us in terms of giving us hope uh, and fighting. And we are a nation of street fighters. You know, there's, there's so much doom and gloom in this country, but the people are its assets. And wow, just to see the scenes again, uh, where it was, whether it was in Delft, whether it was in Soweto or Sandton, how people were celebrating and what they were doing. My goodness, you just you just beamed at being South African despite all we go through every day. Absolutely, Mark. And I must uh, also, you know, give my respect to that New Zealand team. And I'm wondering if you share these sentiments. Of course, they had a bit of a, a difficult one losing Sam Kane uh, very quite early, I would say, in that game. But we lost Wongi too. Uh, but all in all, just a very uh, respectable, I think, uh, you know, a rivalry that happens there between the Springboks and the All Blacks. Well, it's an, I mean, it's the most incredible rivalry in, in, in world rugby. These two teams, inclusive of uh, Saturday night, have met 11 times under the same coaches and the same group of players. The average score, they both won five and drawn one, and the average score is, is 23.5 plays 22.8 uh, in favor of the Springboks, less than a point, and a point decided that. So, you know, they miss, they, they kick a, a penalty or a conversion. Uh, New Zealand's going off today, and we're thinking, how? How did we lose that? They're thinking, how did they lose that? 
we don't miss a kick. Andre Pollard, 13 of 13 uh, since he came into the tournament. So, yeah, just absolute respect and reverence between the two sides. Off the field, they go at each other on the field. And uh, But I think an acknowledgement also from what I've read and heard from New Zealand that on balance, the better team, the team that played the biggest moments, the better were the Springboks. And I think that was the experience of having played in a World Cup final four years ago. Um, that certainly came through in those last six, seven minutes. And I always felt, even though there was only one point in it, that South Africa was in control uh, going into those last five minutes. The territory, we primarily had most of it. Uh, you just felt it was going to be a case of somehow uh, we couldn't lose this and you just didn't think New Zealand had enough to win it. I must also ask you, uh, Mark, if we saw the, the, the best rugby coming from the Springboks in that final. It's almost like we were built for a final. <laughs> well, the way we play the game is we are built for playoff uh, rugby because we are so good without the ball. And by that, I mean our, our strategic approach, the way we know how to play field position, how to turn defense into attack. Uh, it's, those who kind of really understand the game will, will, will understand the merits of of this, I always liken the Springboks uh, to the German soccer side, the great ones, and the All Blacks to the great Brazilian soccer sides. Two different contrasting styles, both very effective and both happen to be the most successful footballing nations. The All Blacks and the Springboks with seven titles between them and the last five are the most successful uh, World Cup rugby teams. And uh, great defence will always beat great attack. And we've proven that in two finals against the All Blacks 28 years apart. Now, I'm keen also to get your thoughts on what happens. Now, of course, uh, they'll come home and they'll have their victory tour. But we have a British and Irish Lions team and that's got a lot to prove, I think. When can we anticipate our conversations about that game uh, coming on, Mark? Well, that will only happen in the next... Uh, the, the, the Lions go mm -hmm. to Australia in 2025, then they go back to New Zealand, okay. and then they only come back here again. So that was the beautiful thing of the Lions series that... <laughs> Once you won it, they could only come back in 2033 to challenge us again. So we've got that one in the bag, and that's what makes this team so great. To win the World Cup away from home in 2019, to beat a very strong British and Irish Lions team with no preparation, 20 months of inactivity because of COVID. Uh, most of those players had COVID the week before the series started, not playing in front of anyone, and then to go and defend their title in France uh, playing the top five teams in the world to get there. Just an incredible effort. And, you know, France, they, they stole our World Cup. We were awarded it originally. Uh, but, hell, it felt like we were hosting the World Cup in the last six weeks. And before I let you go, Mark, uh, keen to get back to a bit sad news, I would say. We know Jacques Ninaba, I think uh, he said after the World Cup he'd take a bow. Dane from Yulian uh, retiring now. In my mind, uh, Dion Fourier, I think he's 37. Not sure if he has another World Cup in him. Are we expecting to see some structural changes moving forward with the box? Uh, look, I think Jacques will be very hard to replace. I mean, him and Rusty go back together. I think the key is that Rusty Rasmus stays. He's indicated that he wants to stay. Uh, there, there's a couple of boys, Dwayne Familia being one of them, that has said he will be bowing out now. Dion Ferri may be 50 and still playing, who knows? But the, the core of this side is still going to be around, uh, and there's a lovely integration of players, Avili LaRue going, uh, Damien Willems are coming in, kind of cementing his place. So, yeah, I think if Rusty stays, Dion Davids is there, Sticks is there, the core of that, the coaching group is there, it should be business as usual, and why not? Let's go for three in a row. Absolutely fantastic time. So we'll see that one in Australia in a few years, Mark. Thank you for covering all of this for us. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you.